Welcome to the Early Career Moves Podcast, the career strategy podcast for BIPOC folks in their 20s and 30s trying to figure out their next career move. I'm your host, Priscilla Weninger Bolcha, Latinx career coach, former talent recruiter, and human capital management consultant. Each Friday, I'll share an actionable tip to help you on your career change journey so that you can job search with confidence, land amazing job offers, and get on with your life. Let's get started. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Early Career Moves podcast. Today, I have a guest on the show. I have Neida Urias from the DC metro area. She's a part-time career coach. She's a full-time corporate recruitment manager, and she's also a child of immigrants, Salvadorian descent. And we end up having a really cool conversation about knowing your worth, negotiating your salary, defying the advice that we often get with from our parents around being super loyal to employers and sticking around and keeping our head down. And so we talk about what what that's been like to be first gen Latina in the corporate world. And also we have a shared experience of being recruiters. It's nice when you have two recruiters kind of just speaking very candidly about do's and don'ts in the process. So stick around for that. Now, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit in the conversation where I asked Nada to share if and when she's ever negotiated her salary. Check out her response. Honestly, I will say that negotiating pay for me didn't really happen until I probably was working already for about like nine, 10 years. The horror story on this one was my first job where I was the accounts payables clerk. It was like my second year and they decided to not give me a raise. They were like, this year, we're not going to give you a raise. So you're going to stay at the same pay rate. And at that time, I was like 19, maybe 18, 19. And I was just like, okay. It was like, all right, I guess I'm not getting a raise this year. And I went on about my day and I kept working with them. And at that time, didn't know that, oh no, you can advocate for yourself, right? So I never really questioned it. But the breaking point for me was I was already about eight years into my recruiting career and I had been working on this huge project. It was a new upcoming hotel and I was named as the lead recruiter. I had to staff up 150 positions for this new hotel. Oh my gosh, talk about a project. I worked 12 hours a day, like sleepless nights. I had insomnia because my mind was like constantly thinking about, okay, how do I get all these positions filled? We as recruiters stress over 10, 20, 30 open positions. Talk about 150. Oh my gosh, that was insane. So I remember working on that project for two years. So my boss said that she had gotten word from senior management that if I did great, if I did well, that there was like a possibility of a regional hotel recruiter because we had different independent hotels throughout Maryland and in Pennsylvania. So that was like my motivation right there. Cause I was like, Ooh, I was like, all right. So if I prove myself to them, I'll show them that I can do this and I deserve that promotion and I will get more money. And this is going to be like epic for my career. So fast forward, we opened the hotel and I'm like looking forward to, I don't know, a promotion, a bonus, a pay raise, something. 
And I remember sitting in the office with my boss and I was just like, well, I would like to know that when am I going to get my bonus or when am I going to get a raise or whatnot? And my boss was like, yeah, they say that it's not within budget. And girl, let me tell you, when (laughs) I heard that, I was just like, what? You mean to tell me that I missed out time with my family? I I was so consumed by work that now you're telling me that I cannot get a raise? And when they told me that, that's when I decided I'm going to get on LinkedIn and I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to get for what I am worth. And I did. And when I got recruited for a, a talent acquisition manager position, I number one, what they offered me exceeded what I even thought that I was worth. So they exceeded by like over $35,000 a year. Okay. So to me, I was like, whoa, yep. Where do I sign? And that to me was just like when the light bulb went off and was like, girl, you know your worth. You have to negotiate, put the price on your tag and don't go below that. Like you have to stick to your guns. And so from there on, ever since then on, I've really been negotiating, negotiating. Then I got promoted to another company to start up their recruiting department. And then I left them to go to another company to start their recruiting department as well. Even though I knew that I could negotiate my price because I would be the one to negotiate for other people sometimes when they would set their (laughs) prices, I still felt like I was happy with whatever I was getting. But um, now I'm like, oh no, you better pay me what I deserve. That's amazing. Yeah. For one, it definitely proves that idea that like you should be looking at different jobs at least know how much your price has gone up in the market, right? Every two years, I would say. And whenever I hear of people being like, I've been at this company for seven years or like five years or nine years, I'm like, oh my God, you're probably leaving so much money on the table right now. And it's okay if that if you're deciding to do that, but at least have the awareness that you are leaving so much money on the table. Oh, yeah. And I think for me too, it was that loyalty that I had to that company because they opened the doors for me into the recruiting yeah, world. Yeah. And one thing that I learned from my parents was don't job hop, stay at your <laughs> job. You want to stick with them. You want to be loyal. to them. And trust me, my mom works at the same hotel for 30 years. And so that was something that I just grew up with, that I was taught. You do not change jobs. You stick with the same job. So to me, I was loyal to them because I was like, wow, they opened the doors for me. They helped me start my career. I learned so much from them. And I was happily getting my raises, even though they weren't really matching my worth. To me, I was still happy. And so, yeah. So, but now I'm like, oh no, we're not talking about a dollar, two dollar raise. We're talking about (laughs) thousands of dollars worth of my salary because I know what I bring to the table. Well, good for you. Being a recruiter, having that experience of being a recruiter, I sometimes forget how much I learned from just being a recruiter. Because being a recruiter, you see the whole spectrum, the really strong candidates versus the candidates that you're like, man, if you had just done a little bit of research, you would have been you would have been strong. And people don't know that recruiters like we're actually rooting for you. But like people get in their own ways. They don't know what they don't know. They've never done this before. And I'm sure there's times that you coached people and I have done this too selectively is, hey, let me just give you some feedback. Maybe they're late to an interview or it's like 
something that they said that was like a red flag. And you also learn like how the hiring manager thinks, right? And I always tell my clients like a hiring manager who's interviewing you is unfortunately looking for a reason to not hire you. And so any little thing that you say, if you speak negatively about your ex-employer or too positively about your ex-employer, people are like, wait, maybe this isn't really the right step for them. And so we see this whole thing play out and I don't think enough people understand how these little things can change the whole game for you. Oh my gosh, what you just said was straight facts. And this could be broken down into 20 episodes, oh, I right? Because there's so much to talk about when it comes to that. And I've done my fair share of coaching those people that, like you mentioned, are late to the interview, or they're just not really answering the questions correctly, or they don't have the confidence, or they're not presented correctly. I will say to them, hey, look, you may want to, for next time, just feature reference, just to give you some tips and pointers. It's up to you if you want to take it. I just want to point it out to you. (laughs) And I always say, I hope that you don't get offended. It's just really constructive feedback for you to help you in your journey. And people will be more receptive when I say that to them. And I explain to them, hey, you don't want to be late. You're going to be late. Call, email, text the recruiter, the hiring manager. Let them know in advance. Hey, I can't make it. Can we reschedule? Or I'm going to be 10, 15 minutes late. Could you please wait on me? anything, just be open and communicate because we, especially for me as a recruiter, if you're late to even just my interview, my pre-screen with you, I'm already thinking, wow, your time management skills must suck, right? (laughs) And honestly, you're being judged in an interview. Yeah, That's really what it is. And if you have to put your best foot forward, and I know that it sounds like harsh and very critical to say that, but it's the truth, it's the reality, because I don't want to waste my manager's time and sending them someone who was late to my interview. And most likely nine times out of 10, they're probably going to be late to their interview too. Right. And then it makes you look bad. And I always tell people, like the recruiter is on your side, but they're Mm -hmm. not going to sacrifice their reputation their brand, the trust that they are trying to build and maintain with their hiring managers, right? Yeah. If you present candidates that are not meeting the bar, that looks bad on you. It impacts you. I agree. I agree so much. And another thing too, that I always, you also touched upon was when they don't do research on the company or the (laughs) role. I have so many people that will apply and I'm like, well, how much do you know about us? How much do you know about the company, the position? Did you look us up? Did you do some research? I always tell people it's kind of like going on a date, right? Like even Mm -hmm. if you swipe right on someone and you're on a date, you have to have a reason for why you swiped right, right? Oh, hey, I noticed that you're into hiking. I'm into hiking too. Like you want to show interest. Like otherwise, I just feel like this was transactional. You just randomly swiped right. Like why am I here? Exactly. I same. I compare recruiting to dating all the time. It's like we, us, the recruiters are the matchmakers, right? So we're yeah. like that middle person. We're the match.com. We're the Tinder. Oh. We're the whatever app you use, right? To match you between you mm-hmm. and the hiring manager, the team. Yeah. And I always say like you, but just as the same way that we're interviewing you, 
to come into our world and to our mm-hmm. company, you are also interviewing us totally to make sure are we really a match? Because yeah. you might look good on paper, but then really you're really not a fit for us, for the yeah. culture, for what we have here. Or maybe we may not be the right company for you. You realize that, oh yeah, you really are not the type of company that I would like to work at. And that's totally okay. But yeah. that's what we're here for the recruiters is to create those matches. Yeah. I think sometimes like recruiters get villainized a little bit, especially on LinkedIn. Like I feel like people are like, these recruiters are crazy. Like, blah, blah. I would say like 95% of recruiters are people who love people and want to help them, but are operating under a lot of different circumstances in their particular company. And like every company has different policies. And then they're also working under the pressure of the hiring manager, what the hiring manager is asking for, which could be totally different. So it's a lot of moving pieces, a lot of negotiating. But like at the end of the day, you want great people to get hired and to help them get hired. And even the people who are not fits, you want to try to give them some kind of constructive feedback or help, right? But it is hard to do that. It is hard. It is hard. And it's hard because you're really in the middle. And sometimes being the middle person sucks because it's you can't pick and choose sides, right? I want the best for the candidate, but I also want the best for my hiring manager, for your team. And it's, well, how can I do that? And that's where us recruiters, we play such a critical role is that we are such advocates, but we also have to strategize, right? Mm -hmm. We are the advisors. And what does an advisor do? An advisor seeks for the best interest of both parties, right? So it's like, how can we come to a common ground? How can we come to an agreement? How can we meet in the middle? That sort of thing. So I feel I've been blessed in my leadership positions, especially where my voice and my experience has really been valued and where I can share this with my higher ups and say, hey, look, I, I love what you think. And I appreciate that. But I do this for a a daily job. Okay. I do this day to day. I know the ins and outs. And so they trust me to really be able to speak to the candidates to not just coach them, guide them and hype them up and bring them into the company and just tell them about us and how cool we are and what we're up to. But then also for the managers to say, Hey, look, okay. Why are we not filling your position? What's going on? All right, so let's let's figure something out. What else can we do? Are, are you really being realistic or are you just being extra at this point? Right? Because that's really what it is. The managers, you're like, what? But I found the right person. And they're like, nope, but that's not it. And you're like, but why? And they have no legit reason. It's just yeah. like, they're just not a fit. And I really, or are you yeah. just being picky? Yeah. But, And that's why I think we are very well positioned to help career coaching clients because we can give them that insider perspective of what's really happening. And like what really hurt, what really hurts my heart is when people get really down when they get rejected from stuff. And it's, you don't even understand like, it could have nothing and likely has very little to do with you. And it could have everything to do with like completely external factors and it's just try your best to not take this personal because it's just not personal. Oh my gosh. Can I share a story about that? Because yeah. this is something that I want to tell people is to not to do is when you get rejected, 
don't email the recruiter sending a nasty email <laughs> saying, well, you this, your company that, you're this and that. Because I've had it happen to me where screen the person. Obviously, if you get invited to screen with the recruiter, it's because they saw something on your resume that obviously they saw the potential, right? They saw that you're a fit, a match in some way, somehow you have a skill set, the experience or whatever it may be that the, that the recruiter saw. Okay, well, let me give this person a call. Let's see what their what their experience is. I mean, sometimes, yeah, it could be you as the person, just not a fit. Yeah. Or maybe it could be something that you said. It could be that you don't have the right experience. It could be so many different things. So many things. Yeah. So many different things. And as a recruiter, when I'm talking to someone, like my mind is thinking, okay, are they a fit for this role or are they a fit for another role? Yep. We have different locations. Okay, so are they a fit for that location or are they fit for another location? So my mind is like, simply, it's like the wheels are turning as a person is talking because <laughs> I'm trying to think, okay, are they really a fit? And overall, are they a fit for the company? So I've had on many occasions, I've had people like send me or whenever I send them the rejection email, thank you so much for meeting with me. Yeah. Although it was great talking to you, you're not moving forward to the next step. I've had people email me back and say, well, I think that you're a racist. You didn't hire me because I'm a gay man or I'm a black person or I'm this and that. And I'm just like, when did we ever talk about that in the interview? Right. <laughs> I never asked you what your sexual orientation was. I never yeah. asked you, I never pointed out your race or anything like that. So I'm just like, where are you getting this yeah. from? It's Send like the easiest emails. way, like they're basically like shutting the door for themselves oh, or on themselves. As opposed to you could have emailed them a couple weeks later and been like, you know what? Yes. There's something else for you. And smart job seekers know that they mm -hmm. have to nurture and continue the relationship even when it's a no. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Because one thing is that as a job seeker, you have to understand recruiters, we have an ATS, an applicant tracking software system where we house our resumes and we keep notes. And if there is anything that in our interview, our discussion or anything that happened that is like negative, that's a red flag, we're putting that in your profile. Like <laughs> we're flagging you, red flag, no further interest, no, don't call. It's like we're putting you in that category and you might be a great person, a great worker, a great because of that email and or just that response mm -hmm. of how you took it very personal and you took it to a place where it was so uncalled for and so yeah. unnecessary. Yeah. Now I don't even want to deal with you because now I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you're not even hired in the company yet and you're already stirring up drama. <laughs> Only imagine if we do hire yeah. you, how dramatic you're going to be. Are you going to follow and, and abide by our policies and procedures and our rules and our company, the way that our company functions? Like, oh my gosh, like now you're putting me in a whole life ability that I do not want to vouch for you now. Yeah. So it's never mind. Let somebody else deal with you if they want to. So it's I tell people, especially my clients, if they tell me like, oh my God, like I, I got rejected. I'm like, hey, look, the best thing to do is just don't respond. Just leave it alone. It's sometimes silence is golden and it's better to just not say anything because one thing you do not want to do is burn that bridge. And a yep. recruiter is that bridge because sometimes you may not be a necessary, necessarily a fit for my company, but I have connections with other recruiters yeah. at other companies and I can share your information with them or it could be, you just okay. never know, yeah. never know. Yeah. And the one thing I would add to that 
is the impatient people who are waiting to hear back and they're just kind of blowing your phone up. Nobody wants someone that has that needy energy, desperate following up. Did you get this? Did you get this? No, that makes you look like a very not attractive candidate. Yeah, yeah. You're a red flag when you do that. And especially nowadays, like the candidate market now and the candidate pool, like they expect for responses within 24 hours. And it's like, if you don't respond to me, like I've moved on and I don't want to move forward with your company anymore because you took too long to respond. And it's, excuse me, what? Like we yeah. have other jobs we're working on. We're talking to other people. Like there's a process and I can't just talk to people all day long. I, aside from my recruiting function, I also have other projects and other things that I work on. So I'm not just sitting at my computer all day just waiting to talk to people it's like there's a process to that and if you're not a fit trust me you're gonna get that email that says no thank you as well so regardless if you're moving forward or not you're gonna know you're gonna find out yeah cool so where can people find you if they want to work with you if they want to look up what you do and everything yeah well if you're on linkedin let's be friends i'm nada urias sherm dash cp and on instagram i'm nada dot urias so yeah so reach out to me for career coaching resume revamps linkedin spruce up oh yeah let's connect and be friends Thank you so much for listening today. Make sure you head over to ecmpodcast.com slash free course and sign up for my free job search training course. I teach you the three things that you need to know before you go into a job search process. My goal is to help you change careers with confidence and ease so you can move on with your life. I'll see you next week.